Swami, among many challenges facing the educational system is the dilemma of can you educate all children equally? Some children are intelligent, others less so. How to deal with it's that? It's a very interesting question. We have schools, but the people, the children who come to our schools are also children who want that kind of education. There is a lady politician in India who wants to use our system in, in the schools generally. I think many principles from our Education for Life system could be applied, but I, I, I doubt very much that all... For instance, we never have bullies in our schools, but bullying is a part of the scene. As I mentioned in the last program, two bullies in school who beat me up. Mm. And uh, I, I think that in India they have what they call the caste system. And it should be, and originally it was meant to guide people to become more and more refined spiritually until they seek God as a direction so that, for example, merchants are taught to uh, evolve toward becoming chatras, not just find new ways of becoming wealthy. And the, the caste system in India has four basic castes. Shudra, which is basically people who don't use their minds, They're, they use their bodies, they think with their bodies. And uh, you can even see from the way they walk that they're living in the lower part of their body. Then there are those people who have come to the point where they understand that they have a brain, they can use it, but they use it for self-gain. And they use it to become rich and to cheat other people if they can and get what they can for themselves. Then, as they become more refined, they learn to share what they have with other people, not to keep it for themselves, to think about helping other people. Then they come to the point of understanding the second stage is called Vaishya, the merchant kind of consciousness. Then you come to the Kshatriya, which is one who is serving other people. And then you know, the Kshatriya realizes that the best kind of service he can give people is bliss. If he can share happiness with people rather than food, if he can help to make them more uh, intelligent and capable so they can get their own food, and uh, so it's good to, give, uh, good to give food, it's better to give jobs so that people can have um, food, mm -hmm. get their own food. It's better to give them the understanding that will help them to get a better kind of job. And so gradually you evolve to the point where you're a Brahmin and you understand that the best kind of thing to give people is God and God's bliss and God's love and you wish to share that feeling with other people. And so, in education, how do you, um, how do you train a Shudra at the same time as a Brahmin? You can't. Mm -hmm. However, and this is the point that I would like to make, in every country there is misery-making karma. In America, our misery-making karma is uh, prejudice against blacks, against people who are 
maybe because of their accents we may make fun of them or whatever it might be. In India they have the caste system and it's wrong because the caste system originally was not hereditary. It was according to your own ability. In, in reality, sometimes a saint will be born to a criminal because both of them have a deep desire for peace. And uh, given the fact that there is not always when it's time to be reborn in a body, there isn't always an infinite number of choices. Sometimes you're drawn to somebody who is um, a very different type. I know my father was a very scientific type, very skeptical, good, honest, noble, but very different from me and the most essential thing, wanting divine truth. And so we were drawn together for various reasons. A son of a Brahmin or a priestly kind of person may be a Shudra. He may be born to a Brahmin just because of those having some quality in common, but it won't be all qualities. And so you can't say that because your father and mother were this type, you have to be this type. It may be true usually, but not so. For example, we have a school in one of our communities in, this is the one in near Pune in India, and uh, the parents don't want their children to go to school with the son of our chauffeur. With the, uh, w it's the daughter of our chauffeur. And she is a wonderful girl. She's bright, she's intelligent, she's not a shudra. It's wrong to pre be prejudiced against them just because she is nominally of the wrong caste. You have to take the individual. And she's really more shining than most of the other students in that school. And it really hurts me to see her being pushed out because of that. I don't know what to do about it. I'm 80, going on 86. It's not my battle anymore. I've got other things to fight, but it's wrong. And so with education, uh, I think my education for life system has to be geared to the level of student. However, I think that in America and in Europe, and in fact, in general, public education, we ought to have schools for students of different types and not just give the same education system to everybody. The essence of my education for life system is to train the person, not just fill him with knowledge, but fill him with the ability to use that knowledge. And those who are ready to learn to use their knowledge for the welfare of others would be a good thing. But you can't do that with people who aren't ready for that. They'll still, in one way or another, turn to their own advantage. The question of uh, working in the caste system in a democratic way to sort of fuzz the edges of the caste is a delicate question in India. I think that, yes, well, that's the reality. I wish it weren't, but it is. I do think, however, that determine uh, the true caste of an individual, a certain test can be given. Yogananda wrote a psychological chart in which he find out which real 
caste a child would belong to. And it was very interesting. I think we ought to use that system to determine which school children should go to. And then the training in that school should be according to that particular consciousness. So true teaching is individual then. It has to relate to the level of that it student. It ought to, it ought to. And I think small, small classes is much better than huge classes because then you can train the individual. Swami, this uh, raises a question in my mind that is a broader thing than just education. Um, in this age, it seems like so much emphasis has been placed on bigness, largeness, huge organizations, huge government, etc. And the system you're proposing for education is a much smaller scale. Is yeah. that the direction of the future? I don't, I think it has to be. I think, in fact, that we've got to bring things down to as local a level as possible. When things are ruled from central, uh, the central government, of, especially of a big country like India or America or Russia, it's, it's not going to work. In Holland, which is a tiny country, maybe it will work. But it's, it should be more on a local level that the care is given, otherwise it becomes, you, corruption becomes endemic. And it's really a, an embarrassment. But I think with schooling too, the more we can train individuals, the better it will be. Perhaps the direction for a school in India then would be to train teachers? I'd say for schooling everywhere, we need to train teachers. It's no long, no, no good, saying I have a new system and then uh, go on with the old way of teaching. We need to train teachers to teach. And we're doing that in America and Oregon. We have Laurelwood, where we're going to have a college that teaches teachers to teach. Mm -hmm. We need that here in India, where I'm giving this particular program. Your school in Gurgaon, based on the Education for Life system, has won awards. Yes. In fact, we've won quite a few awards worldwide. So there is an openness to this system. I believe that whenever educators are exposed to our system, they become excited. Really, I had a launch in Rome and hundreds of people coming for my book on Education for Life in Italian. And there was a lot of enthusiasm and people were thinking, how can we bring this system into play in, in the country. I, I, I think it's very important. I'd love to have a school for teaching teachers in Italy too. Mm -hmm. But these things take time. Everything takes time to finally eat its way into civilization. I just hope that this daughter you speak of, of uh, our chauffeur, will be able to have that kind of education. Oh, I do too. I do too. And the Chokidar, who is, uh, he's, just he's, takes care of the land and so on. But his child is very bright. And the fact, Abraham Lincoln was born in poverty. But because he put out the willpower, studied under candlelight, and he became president of America. This is one of the wonderful things about America, that people can rise no matter what their station. And uh, I'd love to see that all over the world. Because 
as we bring our own ability out, we can become whatever. Democracy should be geared to helping everybody to rise to his own natural level. We can't say all people are equal because there are obviously some who are stupid and some who are brilliant, some who are kind and some who are selfish. However, we can help everybody to rise to his own natural level of perfection. And that is what democracy ought to do. It's a delusion to say people are equal. It is truth to say everybody should have an equal right to rise as he is able to. We are children of the same God. And finally, we must understand that our duty is to seek oneness with him and to find equality in him because we're all equally his children.